Hi, everyone. I'm Savannah. I'm Kristen. And you're listening to Long Distance Bestie Hour and Ford barking in the background. <laughs> I apologize, but welcome. This is just a day in the life of my life, which is Ford barking. I love it. It's it's part of the daily life. It's, we talk about our dogs constantly, so this naturally makes sense. Meanwhile, you should see Rudy curled up behind Kristen like an angel while my dog is scaring all the neighbors barking at the window. <laughs> Oh, I love it. How's Ford doing today? He's good. You know, his dad's out of town. So Mm -hmm. there's definitely like a little bit of depression, a little bit of anxiety. Uh, But yeah, we went to, we did a special walk this morning. We got very muddy. So that was very exciting. I'm so jealous. Um, Rudy's dad is also out of town. So he is also on edge. We're kind of having similar weekends. Um, Like the air conditioning came on and Rudy just barks when his dad's not here. So very stressful, but now he's sleeping. We just gave him a bath today. So, um, it's a lot easier to give a dog a bath when there's two people here. I've never given Rudy a bath by myself. So he is not as clean as usual, but we did our best single parent household today. So we tried. I know you keep saying we like it's you and another person, but it's just you giving Rudy the bath. I contain multitudes, so <laughs> there's a lot in this, in this apartment. I have other personalities. <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I would never dare. Yeah, I do not recommend. So Ford's also like five times the size of Rudy, so I can't imagine. But That's true. He's an angel. Mm-hmm. Well, how is your sourdough going? Last time we talked about how you had too much sourdough that it was coming out of your ears and you didn't know what to do with it. So I'm curious what's going on. Yeah. Well, I learned, I was, uh, giving out some fake news last week, which is that you are supposed to discard even when your sourdough starters in the fridge. So that makes sense why I had so much because I wasn't getting rid of any of it. So I decided I'd put a majority of it in another jar. And that will be my new discard jar. And if I use it, great. If I don't use it, I'll just get rid of it. But that's just kind of part of having a starter is that you have to get rid of some of it and you have to be okay with that. But today I'm making a sourdough sandwich loaf, but my timing was kind of messed up because I had plans this morning. So I had to do the second rise in the fridge Hmm. and that girly is not rising. So I just put her in the oven uh, with a lamp on and it seems like it's starting to get a little puffy, but it's really rough when your bread takes like 36 hours. And I don't, I, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. We need, we need to, the bread to rise when we need it to rise so that we can get on with our life. I'm finding that temperature is so important. Like it is. with my original rest in peace sourdough, my apartment's been so cold. We just had some really cold weeks in Wisconsin. My apartment was like constantly at like 67 degrees and she would just not grow even in a lot of the recipes that i make like the bread recipes they'll be like if it's summer it'll take eight hours to rise if it's winter and your house is like 68 degrees or colder it'll take more like 12. why did we start sourdough in the winter i don't know i mean why did we start this process i don't know but it has been fun why did we start it at all I truly don't know, but you had to start a new starter Mm -hmm. and I heard James is doing very well. So well. So for some reason, I just started using whole wheat flour, King Arthur's forever, and he doubled in size in 24 hours. So actually I made an, also a discard mistake last night. So he doubled in size. I hadn't fed him yet. I was going to do the first feeding, but I forgot to discard. So within two hours of that first feeding my tea towel that was on top it's basically exploding because there's just so much so I my problem is either I forget to discard or I forget to feed it I'm just constantly going between those two things so um I already have some discard though I'm thinking through what I want to make with it I've never I've never really baked with whole wheat flour I just always have baked with um all purpose so can explore that a little bit um but yeah I'm excited about the possibilities it feels like a New chapter. So exciting. I also uh, read that using whole wheat flour in your starter 
increases the sour flavor. So that's why I started incorporating it because my first couple loaves were not very sour, but they are now sour. How much uh, holy flour do you use right now? I do 10% of the weight of the starter and then 90% all-purpose flour. Also, I spend so much money on flour right now. Do you as well? Because like I have bread flour, whole wheat flour, and all-purpose, all King Arthur. And like those are not cheap. Yeah, I used to get, I used to buy flour like twice a year. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've probably bought like six things of flour since the beginning of January. It's crazy. Well, that's exciting. I'm so glad that you're off to such a good start because I know the first one was rough going. Traumatic, but. Traumatic, truly. Well, do you want to talk about our weekly report? What are we into this week? Of course. Let me just do a quick recap. So our weekly report, what we are reading, that's our eating, playing, obsessing, and recommending and treating. I'll start what I'm reading. So I'm almost done with this book called On the Plus Side by Jenny L. Howe. Um, I found it on my Hoopla app, which if you don't know, I am just trying to save money on books. I like rarely buy books. I only read what's available at the library or get loans on my Libby app because my library has uh, a connection with the Libby app or I'll go to the library or Hoopla is like how do I describe Hoopla? I have it with my local library and it's basically like 5,000 books, probably more. And like, there's like one good one in the middle of that. (laughs) So you can rent, you can uh, take out five things a month. Um, Not great pickings, but I do my best when I have a lull on my Libby app. So anyways, um, on the plus side, so it's like a lighthearted, romance novel. It's kind of, uh, the description said it's kind of like queer eye meets what not to wear. This girl gets nominated for, um, this plus size reality show. And it's really like celebrating plus size and fat people. Um, and they talk about the term fat and it's, it's cool. It's, um, they, they talk through that and how that's perceived in our society. I really like it too. Cause it, it kind of talks about how this girl is experiencing, um, being on reality TV and the haters online, like she's a big fan of the show and she's on their Reddit page. Um, and then she gets on the show and then she starts to see all these comments about herself and, um, there's these love interests and all this stuff. So, um, I looked up the author and she's very new and she's, um, I found her on Instagram. It's a solid three stars for me. Not like the best thing ever, but it's, it's a cute little read in between some heavy stuff I've read. So been liking that. Sounds cute. It reminds me of, have you ever read one to watch? Mm -mm. I have it. I don't, uh, someone bought it for me or something, but it's a similar concept. Plus size girl is the bachelorette and it's very fun. That's super fun. Do you watch the bachelorette? Uh, well, we used to watch it together. Do you remember? I do. Years ago. Uh, but Honestly, like the episodes are too long. I can't, I can't sit through them. They're so long. There's so many freaking commercials. Like I can't do it. I think we've sometimes tried to do like watching the reruns, but even that it's so long. It's like, what's going on? There was a time in my life where I was really into it. And right now it's not that time. But I did grow up watching what not to wear with my mom all the time. Like what not to wear was one of my favorite shows I haven't thought about it in a while. I think it's on Netflix again. Um, I feel like it was kind of problematic, but I kind of loved it. Stacey London with that gray streak is everything. Iconic. The original Claire from Bon Appetit, you know? Put those two in a room, see who wins that fight. <laughs> Anyways, what what are you reading, Savannah? So uh, last week I was reading Go as a River, and we talked a little bit about it, and I, upon finishing it, I was like, I think that was really good. The more I think about it, the less I like it. Um, I think mostly because of its historical inaccuracy. Uh, I could not get past it. Beautiful writing. But yeah, I think I ended up giving it three stars. I decreased my rating. I think I originally gave it four. And then I went back and was like, nope, you deserve a three. Um, But Interesting. Good. I did think about like the plot of the novel for a while afterwards. Now I'm reading Pineapple Street 
by Jenny Jackson. And I had seen it all over Libby as like, you know, a more popular book that's available now. Um, and I'm really into it. It's just about like rich Brooklyn socialites. Obsessed. And there's, you know, it's a family and uh, it's a brother and two sisters. And the woman who like marries the brother, the other two sisters don't like her because she's kind of like from a like a rougher background and she's like rowdy and she doesn't understand like their language or what they do. Uh, and so it's just been it's been very fun so far. A lot of the reviews I read were like, this is just about rich people and there's no plot, but like there's no content I enjoy more. That's what I'm all about. Like <laughs> if I could listen to rich people all day, I would. That's right. It's it's like an episode of Real Housewives, but in a book form. That's perfect. And you've kind of had this renaissance obsession with Real Housewives lately, right? Yeah, I have come back to more reality TV uh, mm -hmm. and I was really into the new Real Housewives of New York because they did like a total revamp as like old, all new cast and I loved it. And then Real Housewives of Salt Lake City had me by the throat. It was so good. I can't wait till it's back. But I've tried to kind of watch some of the like the older shows that have been on for a long time that I watched like 10 years ago. And I feel like I'm just lacking context. Like I cannot mm. watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills without watching the last 10 seasons. And it's just too much of a commitment for me. So I'm, I'm sticking to those two. I'm also watching Vanderpump Rules this season. I don't know if you've been watching. Did it come out yet? Yes, there's been two episodes. Oh my God. Yeah. I want us, I want to watch it with you and I want us to do recaps because it's very, it's a cultural moment. We, yeah. we definitely got into, well, at least I got into it in the last season when my coworkers is super into it. So I, I watched the, um, obviously the tell all the finale and everything. So, but I haven't seen any other season, so maybe yeah. that's worth doing. Do you remember we watched it together? <laughs> did, did we watch everything together? <laughs> Uh, no, we watched it to, we, the finale came out like the week that we went to the Eras tour. And so we watched it. That's right. In Chicago while we were like making our cute little jackets. That's so true. Yes. I totally remember. Yeah. You remember it now. We also watched that, <laughs> that, um, documentary on Amazon about the Duggars. Yeah. What a, just expose all our religious trauma, you know, lots of religious trauma, but another Another reality show that I loved as well. There was a lot of TLC stuff that I I watched that I really enjoyed. I love the Duggars. I love John and Kate plus eight. Um, I don't think those shows hold up as much as maybe Real Housewives or what not to wear, but still classics. What are you eating lately? Um, so I'm going to talk about something I'm making for tomorrow. So we're going to uh, watch the Super Bowl with some friends and, you know, classic Super Bowl food is like appetizers and all that stuff. But I am going to make my second homemade Chicago deep dish pizza. So mm. I make everything from scratch, uh, the crust, the sauce, we're going to do sausage. And usually I just go on a whim and try something new, like just a new recipe without even really caring. But this time I've made it once before and I'm going to perfect it this time. Learn some lessons from last time. We need some more cheese. We need a little less sauce, um, but I'm very excited about that. So I'll be slaving away at that tomorrow. I need to set my time frame on how to make the dough and let it rest and all that stuff, but I'm going to prep that tonight. So, yeah, I know your first go round was very successful. So I love that you have a recipe that you're like, this is my specialty and I'm going to make it again. Mm -hmm. It's a good party food. Cause it's shocking that someone made it from scratch. Like who would spend the time making this? shocking. I love it. Uh, and so I've been eating a lot of buttered noodles. Buttered noodles are like, like, you know, the food pyramid, like buttered noodles are just the entire pyramid for me right now. Uh, but you know, I'm just trying to eat vegetables when I feel like it. Do you put anything special on it? Like a little cheese or just straight butter? Okay. Well, let me tell you what my ideal buttered noodles recipe is, which is, um, ramen noodles because they only take three minutes to cook. And then you drain them, throw the packet away, you don't need it. Uh, and then salted butter, salt, pepper, and then Parmesan cheese. And just the way it like congeals, like I don't know how to describe it to you, but the noodles are just different than like a classic noodle, which also is delicious. But the ramen butter noodles, 
have been quite a staple for me. Yeah, we're in the middle of February, you know, so like I'm taking my vitamin D, I'm using my happy light and I'm eating butter noodles. Wait, did you get a happy light? Have we talked yeah, about this? Yeah, it's sitting right here. Look. Oh, we have. Oh, you have the yeah. same one that I do. Do you, you feel any one. results from it yet? I think last time we talked about it, you just got it. I'm not. Well, I've had it probably for a month, but um, I'm not great at using it. I really feel like it kills the vibes <laughs> of my dark room in the morning. Yeah, it's not cute. No, it's not cute. And I've really been trying to use it more because I know consistency is important. But it really like, I just want to sit in a dark room when I wake up. Right, right. That's okay. My hairstylist today was telling me a lot about red light therapy. It's Mm -hmm. more so for aches and pains or like skin. Um, But I've been wanting to try some of that out. Have you tried any red light therapy? No, but I've been thinking about, we have some light bulbs in our house that are like color changing or you can dim. And I've been thinking about putting those in our sconces in our bedroom so that we can have red light in the, uh, at night. Cause that's supposed to be better for you and help you sleep. Mm. Let's get a light update in the next episode. I think <laughs> yeah. that's How important. consistently are you using your happy light? But I know you're like truly codependent on your happy light. So I got it when my therapist suggested it to me a couple years ago, and I remember using it daily for a couple weeks and it made me cry. It did not make me happy. I don't know what it did, but it made me cry the first couple of weeks I did it. I don't know if it just like brought out something in me, but now actually I brought it into work, which you think I would still cry because I'm still going into work every day. But, um, something I just crave sitting under it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the warmth. It's probably placebo, but like when I get into work, I turn that happy light on for at least like an hour. And I I just moved it to actually be on the shelf above my desk because it's supposed to mimic the sun where before I just had it like in my eyesight and it would burn my eye. Um, so I'm trying that out and trying a new space, but I do love it. It helps me out when I, when I'm in my dark office. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think I need to master, which like, I'm going to talk about my morning routine a little bit later. And I feel like the happy light is part of me, like trying to get back into a morning routine. Love it. Yeah. Make a part of that routine somewhere. Yeah. Well, let's keep going. Let me tell you what I'm obs- or what I'm playing. I don't do a lot for fun. <laughs> <laughs> so this one was kind of tough for me. Um, I don't really have fun. It's not really a purpose of my life, but I think I was, I was at coffee this morning with a friend and I was thinking about what I do for recreation, like what I do for fun. And we started talking about like, I miss just like hanging out with girlfriends and I'm kind of thinking of planning like a little girl's night. I I love a theme. Like, should I do like a wine tasting? Should I do something to get like the ladies together in my life? Um, I've had a lot of changes over my life in the past year. So haven't really had a ton of time for friends, but can I bring those friends together in one place? Like I love mingling. I love hosting. Um, I know that we've talked about this, like it's just so hard to maintain friendships as you get older. Um, Have you experienced that too? I know you have, we've talked about it, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I have you, which is great, but we live very far away from each other. And I feel like that's all of my best friends in my life don't live in the place where I live. Uh, And I've always kind of been like a five good friend girl uh, and I'm not really interested in anyone else. So it's really hard for me to, I don't know. I think people who I feel like slightly less safe with or comfortable around, it's hard for me to reach out to them or initiate plans. Uh, But yeah, similarly, I've been thinking a lot about this too. I feel like I used to host so much more. I used to have dinner parties. I used to have people over all the time. This is probably like pre-pandemic and I miss it. I feel like I have that, like that friendship void is filled with you. Mm-hmm. you know, where I have that person I can talk to and like who gets me and sees me, but it's different to have like those people that you do fun things with. And we can do fun things together like twice a year. It just sucks. I know. So just trying to build more friendships and also find ways to just like care for people and outside of myself and outside of my marriage, that's important to me. And I just feel like I haven't been doing that. So I want to, want to do that. 
Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, I love like a habit pairing situation, like anything that can get me to do something that I don't want to do, I will do it. Uh, And so I've been thinking about how to kind of overlap friends with things I'm already interested in. Uh, So like maybe starting a book club or uh, like having a craft night, like I'm already working on crafts in my house. Why not invite three other people over to also work on their crafts? Mm-hmm. Uh, or baking, or uh, honestly, I should give out my sourdough. I should have like a sourdough giving out party. Uh, but something like that, that kind of combines like what you already do alone, but you just invite other people into it. Maybe that makes it feel easier. I love that idea. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking yeah. about that. I'm thinking about planning something and we'll keep you posted. What are you playing with right now? Or what's what's fun in your life? Yeah, so this morning... I went on a very long walk with a friend. We walked five miles and it was so nice. Like it was just two hours, right? So like you can do that over coffee or whatever, but it was so nice to be moving and walking at the same time. And we went on a really great trail that I hadn't been to in a long time. And I used to take walks with friends, but I haven't in a while. I generally walk by myself. Uh, And so it was just like, I feel like we got out there like early in the morning, we grabbed coffee, we walked and it was so nice. So I want to do it more. That's so fun. It's so funny. You say that you used to do that a lot. Cause I feel like that was a staple of the Savannah Francis relationship. You guys were always going on hikes when you first started dating. <laughs> I feel like you guys loved hikes. Like Yeah, I feel like what really gets in the way is I feel like I should bring forward, which brings like a whole other, like that's not a relaxing walk. Uh, and then I don't want to go by myself. So Mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, I have to bring a friend. Um, but yeah, that's really funny that you think that about me and Francis, because I remember when we first started dating, I was like the opposite of an outside active person. And he would coerce me to go on hikes. He would tell me they were nature walks. Uh, And you'd end up hiking. (laughs) Yeah. And we'd end up hiking, but yeah, we don't, we've been talking about this too. We, um, We used to try to get away together quarterly uh, and just like, you know, stay in an Airbnb for a weekend. And it generally was like hiking centered, like a cool place that we could hike. Uh, But we haven't done it in a while. Maybe it's time to bring it back. Maybe it's time. I mean, I'm really in my walking era. You really are. You got the the fake Lululemon belt bag. You got the (laughs) sneakers. You got it all. As do I. I'm not making fun of her. I, she bought a fake Lululemon belt bag. I bought a fake yeah. Lululemon belt bag. The Amazon dupe. Highly recommend. So good. So good. Yeah. Well, what are you obsessing over? I'm not. I'm not really someone who will watch like vlogs and stuff. But when I tell you the the grasp that house cleaning videos have on me right now, I'm obsessed with them. Which is so weird because I'm not really like super into deep cleaning. Like I'm not someone who's super like, like that at all, but there's this girl, um, Ari Katarina on Instagram and YouTube. So she does free house cleanings. I found her on Instagram when I was in my organizational Instagram, uh, uh, season, which I've never organized a thing in my life. I don't know. It just felt nice, but I, so she goes to houses and cleans them for free for people who need help. And usually it's someone who like has a mental health issue or um, substance abuse or something like that. And she's just so delightful. She, um, she's from Europe. She's really sweet. Um, and I love when she goes into like a really messy house that usually people in the comments are like, this is disgusting. Someone needs to call the police. She's like, I love how messy it is. And it's just so sweet. She just treats every, like everyone that she cleans for with such dignity and respect and like is, is not grossed out by cleaning out a kitchen that's full of cockroaches. And, um, I once moved into an apartment that had cockroaches. So that one triggered me a little bit, but I just love how clean they get and her, in the service that she's doing. I think she's adorable. So she's also sponsored by Scrub Daddy, which is the best ever. So yeah, I mean, first of all, who hasn't had like a clean talk or organization era? Like that is pure girlhood. Like I think everybody aspires to be like the home edit, but none of us really are. Um, but yeah, I also I follow someone like that too. I don't think it's the same person, but she does do free house cleanings and 
Uh, I love watching her totally transform them. Uh, I also don't, I, I'm a clean person, as in like, I like things clean, but I don't really like the act of cleaning. But I feel like every time I'm like, what are you doing this weekend, Kristen? You're like cleaning. So you do a lot of cleaning. So I say I'm cleaning, but that means I'm loading the dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) It's just basic things that every basic human needs to do. I'm just dramatic. I hate that I have to be an adult and like load the dishwasher every week. I hate that I have to take the trash out every week. Like, so I'm saying I'm cleaning, but I'm probably just tidying and making my bed. That's, I mean, that's still cleaning. That's like everyday admin that has to happen. Yeah. I know you're, I I remember you telling me you were a little bit more disciplined about it and had like certain days you clean stuff. I really tried to do that, but it did not work out. Do you still do that? No, I was just thinking like my cleaning schedule has been abysmal lately. And, uh, especially since, you know, I like keep up with the stuff I need to do to keep my house clean. Um, but I'm not doing like any of my normal deep cleaning tasks. Uh, and I'm about to leave for a trip, which means that this house has to be spotless before mm-hmm. I leave, or I will have a full-fledged mental breakdown. Um, so I've been thinking about how to tackle that this week. Mm. Not sure I can accomplish it. And every time Francis is like, can you relax? And I'm like, I cannot. I cannot. It must be cleaned. It has to be before I leave. Are you also the person that unpacks immediately when you get home? Yes. Tyler's like that. I'm definitely grew up as the person who had the the luggage in my bedroom for weeks on end, but he's a, he's converted me. He's a unpack when you get home clean before you leave. It's, it feels really good. Yeah. There are times we get home and Francis will be like, wow, I'm so glad the house is clean. Like, yeah, you should be. It's the best feeling. It was all worth it. <laughs> what are you obsessing over right now? Okay. I, I know we talked a little bit about this yesterday, um, but I am, truly obsessed with the curious case of Natalia Grace. Um, It is this HBO docu-series that I saw all over TikTok a couple weeks ago, but uh, I don't know. I just like wasn't in the mood to watch it. Um, I have flown through two seasons in like two days. There's multiple Uh, seasons? Yeah, they're like five episode seasons. So I've probably watched like eight episodes between Thursday and today. And it is just such a weird story. I cannot stop thinking about it. There are like so many weird parts. The basic like summary of it is this family adopted this little girl from Ukraine and she has dwarfism and some other like disabilities. And very quickly they start to accuse her of lying about her age (laughs) And just, like, getting adopted in the U.S. so that she could, like, live here. Like, she has some kind of agenda. And so they legally re-age her to 22 years old. From what? From nine. And literally, like, drop her off in an apartment building to live by herself. And it's later validated that she was indeed nine years old. So now there's, like, all this, like, child neglect charges that are coming across these parents and their whole story is unraveling but the whole first season is from the family's perspective and now i'm in the second season which is all natalia trying to figure this out Mm. so it is like a horrible case of child abuse and neglect and like this poor girl living by herself with a disability like can't reach the oven can't reach the stove i don't know how she lived on her own at nine years old Uh, but it is wild and that family is not okay. They are like, they interview the dad and the dad is one of the scariest people I've ever seen. He is so scary. And he completely, he just says he was abused and manipulated by the wife. And she was the one who was doing, who was like the mastermind behind all this, but he refuses to acknowledge that he was complicit in any way. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. It's wild, but I'm so into it. And it's one of those like true crime docs that like, oh, this wouldn't happen to me, you know, so it feels less scary. Yeah. It almost feels made up. Is she like going to do like a Gypsy Rose Blanchard, like Instagram? Like she seems like she's kind of cool. I'm sure she will. Like she's, she's like 20 years old, 
when the second season is happening. And I think it just aired. I think that's why this is kind of having a comeback. I think it aired like late 2023 or something. But if you're into that, it's very good. Wow. I hope Natalia gets the healing she needs. I hope she's in therapy. Justice for Natalia. Justice. And I, I also just watched last night on Netflix, um, Lover, Soccer Killer. It's like a new docu, uh, it's a documentary. It's just, um, it's not a series and it was all about like online dating gone wrong, which feels a little closer to home. Like this could probably happen if you like met someone online to like give your sourdough to or something like that, <laughs> maybe not dating, but, um, that was pretty crazy. So I recommend that if you're in a spooky mood. Yeah. Stalker stories really scare me. Yeah. Not a fan. What are you recommending to all of us, to all these listeners? All the listeners. So I'm about halfway through, well, a couple episodes into this podcast, but I really liked it. It's called Murder Murder 101. Have you heard it? No. So it's about um, this group of high schoolers in a small Tennessee town and their sociology teacher, Alex Campbell is his name. He works with in, in his sociology class works with the students to, um, catch a local serial killer, which is like sociology class dreams in high school. Like, could you imagine your teacher doing that? So in the first couple episodes, I won't spoil too much, but there's a bunch of these murders that have happened to women, um, around the area. And he thinks it's peculiar. He brings up, um, the, the murders to his class and they start to do a profile on the murderer. He gets some local police involved. Um, you hear from some of the students, you hear from him, you hear from some, some experts. Um, and as you know, soci sociology girlies, I know you're more so than me. I'm a psychology girly, but, um, it's just like a dream come true. Like what a great teacher. So I'm going to keep listening to it, but it's a good listen if you are into true crime, but also like long form, story podcast, which I love. I love when there's multiple episodes for one story. So that's a good one recommended if you're into podcasts. That's so fun. I really feel like I'm missing out on podcasts right now because I'm very zoned in on this 100 book goal. So I'm listening to audiobooks and I've kind of tossed podcasts out of my life, but I might have to make an exception for this one because it sounds really good. Mm -hmm. I'm the same. I'm, I'm usually listening to audiobooks, but there's just, I, I'm trying to give myself some space and not be like overly obsessive. I'm, I'm above my goal. So I need to like pump the brakes a little bit and enjoy some podcasts. I don't want to miss out. So. Yeah. Wow. What a life to not be overly obsessive. I, I wish. <laughs> What's your book goal at right now? <laughs> What's my book goal at? Like how many have I read? Yeah. I'm definitely ahead, but I don't consider myself successful unless I'm ahead. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I've read 13 books this year. Okay, cool. But I have to read eight a month to okay. meet my goal. So, yeah, I'm at 10 books out of 60, though. So, it's great. I also recommend, sorry, I'm going to do two. I do also recommend Yellow Face, um, the book by, I'm forgetting who the author's name is. Let me pull it up really quick um, by RF Kong. So, she, this book is really interesting about. Um, a woman who steals the manuscript of uh, a white woman who steals a manuscript of her um, uh, Asian friend who dies. And it's very like haunted. Um, she gets, feels like she's like haunted by the ghost of the writer. She goes through, um, she's just honestly the most annoying protagonist I've ever read in my life. But as you go on, it's, it's just really interesting, the dynamics that she does. And um, it sounds like the author also dealt with uh some, uh, online hate for some of the books that she wrote about, uh, different cultures than hers. So it's interesting. I recommend it. It's a mm. thought provoking one. It's giving bad art friend. Um, that's on my list though. Nice. I it. Yeah. What are you recommending? Okay. I'm trying this new thing where I have a low key morning routine. So it's been really hard for me to get into a morning routine that isn't scrolling on my phone. Uh, and so I've been sleeping with my phone outside my bedroom. So I have like a little bit of distance. I have to get out of bed to get my phone, which if you know me, like I'm not getting out of bed for anything in the morning. Uh, and so I was talking to a friend about this because 
you know, intense, obsessive me, I'm like, oh, I should do like yoga first thing. I should journal. I should like be my best self. And I mean, these are like the morning routines we generally see online, right? And she was like, why would you do all the hardest parts of your day first thing in the morning? Uh, And you know what she does first thing in the morning? Kristen just hit her face with her microphone. Because I was putting my hands over my heart. It's just so tender. I love this. Yeah. Um, She was like, I get up, I put on my cozy robe, I put on my slippers, and then I do whatever feels good. I make myself some coffee, I put on under eye patches, I sit, I stretch because like, that's what feels good and that's what I want to do. And I don't like limit myself to like, this has to be my morning routine. I just like do what feels good. I try to like set it the night before so that I have kind of an idea of what I want to do. But this was truly revolutionary to me because I don't know. I just, you know, I'm a habit disciplined person and I tend to just do like the things I should do. So the idea of doing something that's just like comfortable and nice in the morning was shocking to me. So I've been trying to do it. I have done it a couple mornings where I like put my slippers on, put my robe on, get my under eye patches out from the fridge, drink from my Stanley for 20 minutes. Um, And I've been reading a lot more in the morning, which Hmm. I really enjoy. So this is all to just get me away from my phone because I know it's spiking my stress levels, my cortisol levels first thing in the morning. And we don't need that energy. So a low key morning routine. Thoughts? Listen, you're talking to a girl who's never had a morning routine in her life. So I'm all about this. This is what it's all about. I'm so happy for you. That sounds amazing. It sounds like a Saturday morning. Yeah. Why not make every day a Saturday morning? I know. I also am realizing I really miss drinking coffee in the morning. I've replaced it with drinking water, which is better for me, better for my tummy. But I'm wondering if I can kind of, I don't know. I usually, coffee is the first thing I do when I start working. So now it's kind of part of my work routine and I miss sitting and drinking my coffee in the morning. So I'm trying to figure out how I can incorporate it Mm -hmm. without having to get up that much earlier. Yeah. That is so lovely. I wish I could do that, but I'm usually two alarms slept through by the time that I get up in the morning, but I'm very happy for you. That sounds lovely. Yeah. It's, it's, I honestly have not done it successfully very much, but I'm working on it. But you even working on it is you doing it successfully. Oh, that's so nice. I love it. We'll keep us posted if there's anything that you find that is really good for a low-key morning. I love that. I'm sure working from home helps too. (laughs) Yes, it does really help. I don't have to be anywhere. So it's really, that's what's crazy about it. Like, I feel like I've been talking about this for a long time, but like I wake up two hours before I have to start working and it's still, it like goes by so fast. I don't feel like I use it well. I'm just like laying in bed, scrolling, whatever, wasting time, feeling nervous about the day ahead. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's why I'm like, okay, I got to get my shit together. Like, let me like mm-hmm. do something productive and helpful in the morning, but that's also not helping me. Yeah. I think, I think I talked to you about this, like at this point in my life, I am not willing or have any desire to like put my body through unnecessary stress. Like what -hmm. is that workout routine? 75 hard or whatever. There's, there's no way in hell that I'm ever doing that. Like there's some things that are necessary that need to be done and yeah, you got to push through them. But at this point in my life, I want soft. I want comfy. I want, we've been through some stuff and we just want to take care of ourselves. And I love that for us. Yeah. And sustainable too, right? Like something you actually want to do every day. Mm -hmm, For sure. Love that. What are you treating yourself to? Right now I'm treating myself to always having pre-portioned cookie dough in the freezer for a weeknight cookie. So I'm a big proponent of this. Whenever you make a big batch of cookie dough, do not bake them all at that time. What you should do is first get a cookie scooper life-changing, get a cookie scooper that you like, pre-portion out a ton of cookies, put them in a Ziploc baggie, put them in your freezer. And like Thursday night, we watched an episode of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, me and Tyler, and we just turned on the oven, popped three or four cookies in there because nothing's better than a warm chocolate chip cookie. And I want more of that in my life. 
why do you need to bake two dozen cookies and keep them in a Tupperware all week? Like, yes, I get that if you're going somewhere, but freeze your cookie dough, have it on hand. It's delicious. I did use a sourdough chocolate chip cookie recipe, which I really like. It has a little bit more brown sugar than the one that you shared with me. So it's a little chewier than cakier. So I need to send that to you and I'll send that to all the, any listeners that are interested. Um, but that's what I'm treating myself with. Always have treats on hand. I'm a very big proponent of this. And this is something I also do not enough. Um, but yeah, a warm chocolate cookie at the end of the night, there's nothing better. Mm -hmm. What are you treating yourself with? Okay. This is something I also haven't done yet, but I'm really into this idea and I really want to incorporate it on a weekend, some weekend coming up is a 24 hour readathon. Have you ever done this? (gasps) No. What is this? It's just where you, like your sole focus is to read for 24 hours. So this is the perfect, I mean, I have, I definitely do this. Like I often will buy a book on Friday and try to finish it by Sunday. Um, But I haven't done it in a while. And I really love the intention behind it of like, all I'm doing this Saturday is reading. That's it. Nothing else. So fun. Yeah. So I really want to try it in a couple of I think you should do it once a month. I know. And I feel like you also need the right book. Like I've been reading a lot of stinkers lately. And that is not the right kind of thing to have on a readathon. You need to save it for like the book you've been waiting to read. But I'm really excited to do that and try that. When do you think you're going to do it? I don't know. Next weekend, I'm out of town. So maybe the weekend after. I love that. That's amazing. I want to do that too. I think Tyler's going to go um, away for another weekend in a couple of weeks And I think that'd be a great opportunity for that. And I've had a book that I've really wanted to read um, that I need to get at the library. So sounds fun. And like planning your meals out and like planning fun foods and snacks, everything revolves around food for me. So that sounds awesome. I was also thinking about like beverages, like what kind of tea or what kind of coffee. I feel like you could just like make a whole event out of this just for yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. but have you also seen... I've also seen like on TikTok people going to reading retreats or like reading trips where you just like go to a cabin with friends or like a group of people or whatever. But like the real point of that weekend is to read, which like this is every vacation for me, (laughs) but it is fun to have like a little bit of intention behind it. Like me and Kristen and one other friend are going to Cancun in April and like really the core part of that trip for me is to read on the beach. That's it. That's why I'm there. Yeah. That's, that's the point. Like we're paying a lot of money to go read on a beach, (laughs) but it's, it's going to be totally worth it. It so is. I've, I've been really stressing about finding the perfect book for that trip. Like I cannot bring a stinker. No, they have to be good. They have to be good. So need to, need to start brainstorming that and saving some books for that. So Well, I know we were talking about podcasts earlier and there was a podcast that I had seen online a couple of days ago after the Grammys, after all of the Taylor Swift debacle, SZA not winning album of the year wildness. And so um, I thought me and Kristen could listen to it and then kind of like reflect on our thinkings about it now. Uh, And so it's an episode by Code Switch and it's about Taylor Swift It's called Taylor Swift and the Unbearable Whiteness of Girlhood. Uh, And so I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Kristen and I love Taylor Swift, huge Swifties, went to the Eras tour two nights in a row, obsessed. Um, But I would not say we call ourselves Taylor Swift apologists. I think we're very, very aware of all the things she does wrong uh, and all the ways she's problematic. And I thought that this was a very helpful and interesting criticism of Swift, especially in reflection of how everyone really hates her right now, it feels like. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, especially just like acknowledging our own privilege, like mm-hmm. we probably relate so much to Taylor Swift because we grew up in maybe similar lives as her, you know, um, had similar experiences of her. But something that really stuck out to me with that podcast was talking about she doesn't have any diversity and perspective that she writes about that is part of her brand that she only writes about herself, but even her, 
even her songs that she writes that are supposed to be a uh, commentary on society, like the man where she talks about, um, you know, as a, she's treated differently as a woman than men would because of, you know, um, instead of seeing her as brilliant for her ideas, she's seen as like conniving and like, you know, um, just not seen the same way, but it's, again, it's not about all women. It's about her. It was right. just really interesting that like, I never noticed that before because I have been so obsessed with her, but it's so true. She just, there's not that diversity of perspective, even after things like her documentary in Miss Americana that's put on Netflix, where there's a scene where I really think that, um, that documentary was put out to, you know, be intentional about, Hey, she's more than just pop star. Like she's actually human who has, um, belief. She's going to talk about voting. She's going to talk about, um, you know, uh, Tennessee where she lives and who to vote for in Tennessee and all these things, but it just kind of stopped there. Like she is the biggest person in the world right now. And what is she using that platform for? You know, it's kind of concerning. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I struggle with that argument sometimes. Like, I don't, I don't always believe that people with platforms or people with power are responsible in a certain way to use their power for the way you think they should. Um, but I did think it was a really interesting critique, just like you were saying that all her art and the things she promotes are internal facing and what would it look like for her to switch to be external facing. Um, and I thought it was really profound how they were talking about her just going to football games. Like she doesn't, she's not promoting the NFL. She's not like posting on her Instagram, like go chiefs, but just her showing up has like totally changed who watched football this season. And I just wonder if she used that for like good, what that would look like if she could change perspectives in some other way. Uh, and I wonder if this was also an issue in her relationship with Joe Alwyn. Like I always think of that lyric, I think it's in peace where she says, your integrity makes me feel small. And he has always been really outspoken on the things he believes in and has recently been posting a lot about Gaza and being pro-Palestinian. And she has been very silent as she has been for the last four years. And it's interesting that she decided during the lover era to kind of have this like all out activism. But I wonder I don't know. I wonder if it was just like a performative part of that era and now has kind of faded. Yeah, I I hadn't because she's created such like great art over the last few years. I feel like I haven't thought about it because I've been so obsessed with the art that she's creating. Um, but yeah, I think even, you know, at the Grammys, she announced Tortured Poets Department, which is her next album that's coming out in April. And I think it really fell flat. The announcement because it it felt it felt like she's sitting in an audience of her peers winning everything dominating and like she still wants more you know that's how it came off to me as someone who loves taylor um and yeah i i'm excited for all the tea all the joe alwyn tea we're gonna get with this next album but i don't know it just kind of feels like more of the same and i want something different from her and even her accepting album of the year and being shocked and surprised by it. Like, girl, you're literally the time person of the year. This shouldn't be surprising to you that people voted for your album of the year. It would be different if she was like, I'm among legends. Like SZA's album was the album of my year. Like if she had acknowledged everyone else, but the album of the year's acceptance as well fell flat for me. Like you could just tell that it like sucked all the air out of the room. Like, are you serious? You're a billionaire this year. You've had the highest grossing tour ever <laughs> that exists. Like, and not that we need humility. Like I, I I'm, I, I want to make sure I'm not being like women should be humble being kind of like all American bitch by Olivia Rodrigo. Right. Like we don't need her to be the perfect person, but it just made me kind of disappointed in how she. Yeah. I think relating to something you and I had been talking about and something that was in the pod that I thought was really interesting was like, she is the cheerleader. Like she is the it girl right now. And she's still kind of banking on her. Like I'm an accessible dorky, weird girl, which like, I'm sure she is, 
But, and that's why we all love her, but to the world right now, she is on top of the world. She is it. Like, she is what everyone is talking about. She's on top. Everyone screens all the time. She's a billionaire. She won album of the year. Like, she is winning. She is doing it. She's on the top. And so, yeah, I wonder if banking on that image feels inaccessible now. And it also, we were talking about like how she goes to the NFL games. And to me, that feels like regular girl behavior. But she's not a regular girl anymore. Like she can't be acting like that. So I don't know. I'm kind of like Taylor. Are you Beyonce? Like, are you, are you an icon or are you like this everyday girl? Which one are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I thought it was interesting too, as I talked about girlhood, like Taylor is seen and has built her career off of this fairy tale image where so many other women who maybe look different than her, a different race than her, a different um, size than her, right? Didn't get that luxury. Like she had the luxury of being seen as this quirky girl and she still writes songs about that. And that's part of her image. And that's part, part of why we love her, right? There's this nostalgia to it where she sings, you belong with me and we're 29 and married, but we still like have that nostalgia about it. But people like Adele, like Adele could never be seen as a girl. Even when she came out with her first album, like she has a sultry, deep voice. She, um, at the time she was, you know, a plus size woman. Like you couldn't, no one looked to her as a girl. She had to be a woman, not to mention Beyonce and, um, any other women of color. Like they might not necessarily have gotten that, um, the acceptance that Taylor did and still does with, with that girlhood aspect. So I thought that was really interesting to, to think about. Yeah. And especially in thinking about the Grammys and like Taylor and SZA held up next to each other. Like I think SZA did something so interesting and new and beautiful with her album. And it was a breakup album. You know, it's about like, a, like her tumultuous adult relationships And I feel like she's not given that privilege as much of Taylor as like valuing her experience of womanhood and girlhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that makes, that really bums me out. Uh, Cause I think I love Midnight's, but I think a lot of it was Taylor doing the same stuff she's done forever. Um, Whereas SZA was being really innovative and interesting. And I mean, the Grammys are rigged. We all know that, right? Like it's it's music establishment. They don't always award who makes the most sense. We heard that from Uh, Jay-Z. All facts, all facts spoken. All facts. Uh, But it was, yeah, it was just, I felt like I was like, Taylor has always kind of put herself as anti-establishment, but she was part of the establishment that night. And I think that's why it felt gross. Totally, totally agree. So it'd be really interesting to see how things progress. You know, I really think it, I kind of felt like this was coming where she was at her, the pinnacle, like Eris mm-hmm. tour had just was on a break. She's dating the most famous football player in the NFL. Like, um, what's going to happen. And then she announces a new album. Like, can she keep going up? Can she keep sustaining that? And there's a lot of disc- uh, discord on Reddit where people are saying, was this as bad as her reputation era? critiques um and not necessarily right but i think i don't know maybe as her fan base has gotten older i still really have a problem with like all the co2 emissions that she has with all her her planes and her jets um when I, you know i see her fans on reddit saying i can't even get a straw at starbucks cuz i'm trying to save the planet but like you're jetting around and is that normal you know how much co2 emission granted she may be offsetting that with costs but stuff like that does bother me. So yeah, I will say, um, I saw that they released an article this year of the top 30 people with like the worst carbon emissions and Taylor wasn't even on the list, which I thought was really interesting. It was like the Kardashians and Travis Scott, uh, and some others that were up there. Um, so I think it's really interesting that Taylor has kind of been touted as like, Hmm the poster child for carbon emissions, which she, she does a lot of carbon emissions, but maybe not as much as Mm -hmm. other celebrities. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, why is she being talked about when like other monopoly corporations who actually produce the most CO2 emissions in the world aren't being talked about, you know, she's a very easy target. So it's, it's hard to like hold both those things. Like, yeah, you might be doing something wrong, but we're also not holding the right people accountable and we're not pushing for a legislature that 
you know, helps us save the environment. So in 20 years, when we are, you know, letting our graduating our kids from college, they're not dying in a hellhole in a hot freaking earth, you know? Yeah. And I think we're the first to point out when criticisms of Taylor are unfair, you know, like I think how you act on stage at an award show or not acknowledging someone or, or dragging someone up on stage, I can kind of tout that as all like normal human behavior that people are very quick to be like, you're a mean girl, um, which I don't necessarily think is fair. Um, I would really love to see us focus more on these like bigger, larger criticisms of what she does with her, with her art and her platform. Um, but yeah, like Taylor Swift ruining football, not really interested in talking about that. Mm-hmm. She's just showing up to a game, like people yelling at her saying you were in football. She literally was like, she said to someone, I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and I love there. that. I'm, I'm just literally here. just here. Um, and also, and you know, I'm a, I'm an avid Redditor. So I'm on Reddit all the time. These people talk about this woman, like they live in the same house as her. Like everyone thinks they know exactly who she is. And we have to be aware that she's been strategic and she's a business tycoon. And there's a, there's a reason behind everything. Most things that she does. Yeah. There's things that she does as well. that are just normal human behavior, but it's frustrating when people point out those small things and come to a conclusion where it's like, you don't know what's going on. (laughs) So, and I, I fall into that too. You know, I do that all the time, but of course. Yeah. And I feel like there is this normal cycle that we see all the time on social media and with celebrities, which is like, we build people up and up and up and up. And then like, we get tired of them. And so I'm just seeing a lot of like, oh, I've hated Taylor Swift this whole time. I'm like, do you hate her? Or is it just cool to hate her right now? Um, But yeah, I really feel like we've seen worse. We've been through the reputation era. We saw the me music video come out. Um, we have seen the Gaylers <laughs> be strong. Uh, so I feel like Taylor, I hope she just knows that this is just part of like the normal cycle. Uh, and, but dark days might be ahead. I'm kind of worried about this album. I, it has to be the best thing she's ever done or. She must be confident in it, but I, I would love more from her. I would love for her to make a political statement. I love for her again to rally up young voters. I think that's going to be the most important thing for the next election is that young voters, especially the TikTok generation, votes for the presidential election. Um, but I, I, I don't know that she will this time. I don't know if that's on her agenda, which kind of makes me sad when she has done it in the past. I hope she learned from the 2016 election because I know she got a lot of flack Um for not speaking out against Trump. And that was part of, she, you know, she talks about Miss Americana, how she felt muzzled, how she felt like she couldn't say anything. Uh, and I hope now she realizes like she's big enough to do whatever she wants. It's not like if she made a political statement, she wouldn't sell out an arena. Like that's just not what's going to happen. Does she need it? That's why it, that's like the, the capitalist part that annoys me. I'm like, you're a billionaire. Like, I, I understand you making art because you love it and it makes you happy, but it comes off as like, I'm just here to make money. I also wonder psychologically because her dad is really involved with the business and she, it seems like she does really care about the people that work under her and she's very business focused. Does she feel a responsibility to stay neutral so that she can employ all these people and take care of all these people and give her dancers and backup singers insurance? Like, is is she worried about losing that? I just wonder psychologically if there could be some of that underneath as well. Absolutely. Yeah. She's or Taylor is a complex girl. Yeah. We could talk all day about it because We've only seen like three interviews of her ever talk about anything because she's so private. (laughs) So, and honestly, I think that's part of the appeal. Like we get to build our own image of her. Maybe. It's very interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Well, we could talk forever, but this is the long distance bestie hour. So we better wrap it up. Yeah. That was a lot about Taylor Swift. We're going to have to edit that down a bit. This is, you're just getting a glimpse into me and Kristen's texts every day. And we have the Super Bowl tomorrow, which I've been seeing articles all day that are like, Taylor Swift, Jets, 
to Las Vegas to get there in time. And I'm sure that guy that tracks all her flights that he's, that she's suing, uh, has been posting about it. Yeah. There's been a lot of that on Reddit. So yeah, we'll see if she shows up. We'll see how Travis Kelsey does. Um, Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem, like what's more American than that. So Usher. excited. Usher. Tyler was like, I don't, I don't know any Usher songs. And I was like, you know, all of them, like when you hear them, <laughs> you're going to know all of them. <laughs> but that was like the soundtrack to all my high school dances. So I'm very excited. So fun. It's going to be great. Yeah. Okay. Well, if we feel like it, we'll see you next week. Yeah. We'll, we'll play it by ear. We're just kind of doing what feels good right now. So we also, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have not sent this to a single soul. I've sent this to one person, but nice. they haven't listened, but we're going to release this soon. So we'll see how that goes. Like, um, subscribe. <laughs> like, like, subscribe. Please follow. don't like, please do not comment on this. <laughs> Bye. Bye.